And let's say you have children or some nephews where you wanted to give them something that 10, 20 or 30 years would be a good investment. What would, what would you choose? I mean, is there, and there's a lot of people looking to this treasury as a safe haven, that versus silver. What, what would you say there, Michael? Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcady Economics on quite a fascinating time in the world and the financial markets, certainly the silver market. Um, silver taking a little bit of a drubbing today, although recovering after last night's plummet on the open. And fortunately, I am joined today by a first time guest to the show, but one that hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of because Michael Romanek is running Silver Dollar Resources that we talked about on the show last week. Kind enough to join me today and talk some silver and share what he's doing with the company. So Michael, welcome on in and how are you, my friend? Terrific, thanks for having us. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on there. And perhaps, uh, you know, before we dig into the silver price, uh, obviously of all the different things that one could be doing with their life, I think it's often helpful. What, what led you to silver? How did how did this how did you get started and what draw you to, drew you to that? Well, it was uh, we started Silver Dollar back in uh, November of eighteen. The silver price wasn't doing much back then. Um, when we founded the company, it was obviously called Silver Dollar Resources, but we used the gold project to get listed, and it was our whole intention. We figured that silver was going to come back and be hot again. We didn't know that it would be this quick. Um, we didn't draw it up like this, but it worked out really good. Yeah, it, and it's funny you mention that because if you judge by the, the daily commentary, you say you didn't know silver would go up this fast, yet most people, when silver's down 50 cents or a dollar, as was the case last night, um, see it differently. But even here we are at $25 silver, and it's helpful to remember silver was 15 to $18 when you were starting this and was sitting there for a while. That's, that's exactly right. I think it was like 15 bucks an ounce when we uh, were talking with First Majestic uh, regarding La Jolla. And so what was it just, you're seeing what's going on in the world or what made you, uh, drew you to silver in particular though, when, uh, especially when the price was lower? Oh, it's just, it's bound to have a rotation back to getting hot again. And uh, nobody, like I said, nobody was in the space. Nobody was doing any silver deals. So the timing worked out perfect for us. We had a lot of uh, projects to, to look at. And again, with La Jolla, I think we got a, we got a perfect situation where it's a win-win for us and First Majestic. Yeah, I sure think so. And we're gonna dig into that in a little bit. Although, Michael, I have a question here for you. I'm gonna pull up latest news that many Americans look at, which I don't know if is always doing them any favors, but Here's uh, CNBC, and if we click on the bond section, we see a whopping 1.13% yield on the 10-year treasury. Last I heard, the Fed had a 2 to 4% inflation mandate, which by my, now again, I went to an MBA program, so maybe you can check my math here. That would seemingly be a negative yield. And let's say you have children or some nephews where you wanted to give them something that 10, 20 or 30 years would be a good investment, what would, what would you choose? I mean, is there, and there's a lot of people looking to this treasury as a safe haven, that versus silver, what, what would you say there, Michael? 
Uh, you, you, you probably can't go wrong with gold or silver, right? The, they're, they're, there's, a, there's no end in sight to the money printing in the states. And now with the, the Georgia state going to, to the Democrats for the Senate, you got Joe Biden coming on here, what, Thursday? He's going to outline his economic relief plan, which is going to be in the trillions. They're just, and that, that, that didn't even phase anybody when they say that. So and you, what's the national debt up to 20, is it 28 now? $28 trillion, 27 and change. Well, we so pull that they, one They could up. be up to 30 trillion. They could be up to 30 trillion by the end of the year. Well, I wonder, I, I'd probably take the over on that. Uh, and here we see 27, almost 0.8 trillion. Perhaps by the time we wrap up this call, Michael, we'll be at 28 trillion the way this is running. Uh, keep in mind the uh, 900 billion stimulus package, which I might add was was stated only to last through the first quarter. So we're going to tack that on. But interestingly, a part of this chart that probably few people look to, if you can see down here, the dollar to silver ratio now, which is defined as year over year increase in US M2 money supply divided by silver production. It's basically right now how much silver is coming out versus dollars. Just not saying it's going there, but the simple math puts it at $4,600 per ounce. Jeez, that's a wild stat, that's for sure. <laughs> so, and, and they're, they're, they got $28 trillion in debt, and this is at with interest rates at all time lows, right? What, what happens if the interest rates go up to two, three, four percent? How are they going to service all that, all that debt? Actually, fortunately, we can answer that one. So if we look at the stock market, remember back in 2018, when the Fed was really, you know, an inflation hawk, they tightened after a decade all the way to the Paul Volcker-ish level of two and a half uh, percent. And you can see here that when the Fed did attempt to tighten, let's get our five-year chart, as many people remember towards the, the last quarter of 2018, the whole thing started to crater. Um, there we go, is the end of 2018, that plummet right there. I would suggest it started to collapse for the same reason the housing bubble started to collapse because when you print money and give teddy bears to everyone, it's great. But when you do the opposite, like you said, you get the opposite effect, higher debt expense. And there doesn't really seem to be much plan on that, does there? There's no, there's no end in sight. And it's not just the US, right? There's other countries around the world that are printing money like crazy. Plus, with the circus that's going on in DC, COVID's kind of took a, a back burner, but COVID is still running rampant. And it is in Canada. And I always see news articles down in the States. They, there's no, they have no control over it yet. So there's no end in sight to the virus. So I don't know how they're going to deal with that. Well, I'm sure the Fed will print up some new quantitative easing, patch that over, and, and hope for the best is, seems to be the plan. Uh, so, Michael, now, obviously, a lot of the people that are looking at silver are also looking at the silver stocks, various silver dollar resources. But we'll take a look at some of the uh, silver stocks. You and I were talking about this a little bit before we hit the record button where interesting how even when silver went from 18 to $29 at one point, 
some of the companies like First Majestic, Silvercrest were even down. They were lower with $25 silver than with 18. I think a lot of people are confused by that. And what would you say to someone that is seeing that maybe a little hesitant to get into the silver shares? Oh, it doesn't make sense, right? The fundamentals aren't, aren't matching the valuations. But would you ever expect to see Bitcoin at 41,000 a Bitcoin? And then here today, what's it down to 30,000? Yeah. So the market's yeah. not, it's not a rational market. So I'm not sure what to, how to comment on that. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. Uh, although it is interesting to think if Bitcoin, at least when it was at 40,000, was up about 13x over the past year. Uh, we talked earlier uh, about Tesla being up about 17 times past year and a half. Yet if you talk about silver going up two or three x to 50 or 75 bucks, it almost seems like you're coming from another planet. Is, do you think that's possible? Well, for silver, you got the, with the Democrats in there and Biden, there's more likely a chance they're going to put through their uh, green energy bills. And uh, that should only help the silver demand, right? Two thirds of the silver demand, I think, is uh, industrial applications. So as they transition away from fossil fuels and look at the green energy electric vehicles, that can only be good for silver. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I think, well, could also be good for Silver Dollar, which is the company that you're running here. And perhaps, uh, again, you just mentioned First Majestic, who is a big investor in what you're doing, as well as Eric Sprott. So two names that people are familiar with. And perhaps, could you let folks know what in particular it was that drew two solid, well-known partners and, and had them interested in what you're doing? Well, Silver Dollar... We started the company in November of 18 when things were pretty quiet. Uh, the whole idea was to get listed and seek out an advanced silver project. So Eric was involved in the seed round of that, the private funding. We went public in May of this past year. Uh, our ticker is SLV in Canada and SLVDF in the States. We're sitting at about a 65 million Canadian market cap right now. Um, as you said, Sprott's, uh, his shareholding is about 17% and First Majestic is around 16. And with the, the rest of the insider group, we control about 40% of the 36 million shares outstanding. Uh, we got $10 million in cash. And our primary project is the La Jolla Silver property that we have under option from First Majestic. Yeah, and actually I talked with some of the First Majestic guys last week as I was doing a little research, learning more about what you're doing. Interesting comment in that they said one of the things that they liked was that you've been following through on the steps you said you were gonna take and they felt if you continue to follow through that things will look well, will look good. And certainly I think that's, especially when you get more into the mining stocks versus the commodity, or it's great if you have an asset, but can people follow through and, and, and complete those steps? And perhaps you could talk about how that's been going a little bit. Yeah, things since May, things have just fell into place so nicely for us. Um, on the technical side, we have a couple award-winning advisors with Perry Durning and Bud Hellmeyer. Um, those guys are two very well-known geologists uh, between them, they've, they've found over 1 billion ounces 
of silver and 10 million ounces of gold. So we're happy to have them involved. They've made many multiple discoveries down in Mexico. And then lucky for us, uh, stick handling things for us down on site uh, is Mark Malfair. And he used to be the VP of exploration for Chesapeake looking after their Matadis project in Durango State. So he knows everything from community engagement to implementing and managing a drill program, QAQC. He, he can look after all that stuff for us. And with COVID restrictions, it's critical to have somebody local there who can do that for us at this stage of the game, because you're not going to send guys down from Canada and have a bunch of strangers walking around the property site, making the local people nervous. That's, we're not interested in doing that. So we're thrilled to have Mark Perry and Bud involved. Um, you, you couldn't ask for a better technical team as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I appreciate you mentioning that because in the time that I've been doing this, talking to newsletter writers, mining executives, and I, I keep asking, what, what's, what do you look for when you're looking at a project? And number one answer that comes back over and over again is the team, the management, which makes sense because especially if you're exploring, what, how is someone running that? Are they able to step away if they realize, all right, we didn't find it here, we need to look there. Um, and I like hearing what you mentioned about not trying to play hero ball and do everything yourself, but putting the right people in place. And actually I have a little quote to read, read here. Uh, the folks watching are familiar with Dave Kranzler, who's a weekly guest. He did a write up in his newsletter last week, he mentioned that he talked with you and uh, he mentioned you're not a geologist, but you have 14 years of experience in industry and a deep Rolodex of industry contacts. Also hired a pair of technical advisors who have a long resume of gold and silver discoveries. So I think Dave was impressed with what you were doing, but can you talk about that specific part where the value of having people that you can call on, whether it's for expertise or for funding or financing and, and how that all goes? Well, like you said, my, my background's in corporate development, corporate finance. I am not a geologist and I, I never pretend to be. So, you know, you need those key technical guys. And um, I don't know, for, for, for this project, I just reached out to all the guys I've known and made phone calls, pound the pavement, sent some emails out. And uh, again, was, was lucky enough to uh, be introduced to Perry and Bud through a mutual friend down in uh, San Diego, looking for silver projects. Perry and Bud had something and I took a look at it a few conversations later. I like these guys right, right off the bat. Yeah. First class human beings. Um, they've been a, just a great help. And I like to think we've built a great relationship in a, in a short matter of time. And, um, you know, to have them involved, I couldn't be more proud to have those guys associate themselves with the silver dollar resources and the shareholders are lucky to have them involved. And it's funny, Perry, Perry and Bud, they've forgotten more about mining and exploration than I will ever know in the rest of my career. And there's been multiple occasions when uh, I'll see Perry's number flash up on my phone and I'll spill coffee because I'm trying to scramble to get a fresh sheet of paper before I pick up the phone because uh, I got all these notes. Uh, you always learn something. When Perry calls, I'm always going to learn something or he's going to have an idea about a different project or he'll have someone that he thinks I should talk to. And I'm forever grateful for that. And um, just again, just th thrilled that those guys are, are willing to associate themselves with us. Yeah, and I appreciate you mentioning that because as we're saying it, 
I think if if you said that, and then there was a similar company that said, you know, I make sure I'm always smarter than everybody else and that I can tell them what to do. It's like, that would be the biggest red flag. It's again, I know everybody invests on different premises, but especially from the management component, I love it when it's like somebody who wants to find the smarter people that pulls everybody up. And I think that's for my skill set. I think that's, I do a really good job of that matching the right technical people which with each specific project. And really, I'm probably, most, <laughs> I'm probably the most expendable guy we got. We gotta make sure we save the resources for the right technical guys who can really give this La Jolla project the best shot at success. Um, First Majestic deserves it. And so the shareholders of, of uh, Silver Dollar. Yeah, and certainly uh, having a great leader helps that. And Michael, I have the projects page up. Could you talk a little bit about the resources? You have uh, two areas you're exploring, um, some mostly, mostly silver, uh, some gold as well. And can you give uh, folks an overview on what you're looking at and how close it is to knowing what you have? Okay, so we went public, as I mentioned, in May of 2020. We used, for simplicity, we used a couple earlier stage Red Lake Gold projects to get listed, but it was our intention to source a quality silver asset eventually to raise money and advance the, the silver angle. Um, so we went public with the Red Lake Gold projects. And since we rolled them into the company, Red Lake has just been on fire. You had Evolution from the Australia coming and buy out Newmont, Gold Corp's Red Lake operation. You had the Great Bear Discovery, Pure Gold, a billion dollar company or close to it. Uh, just, re just started their mine here last week. There's been a lot of exploration going on. So for the, the Red Lake projects, we're in the right camp. Um, so once we got trading there in May, again, we tried to source a, a quality silver project. We found La Jolla, that first Majestic had, and they kind of, it was thrown in on the deal when they bought Silvercrest back in 2015. And that press release, when they announced that deal, First Majestic stated right in there, they weren't going to spend any money on La Jolla. That's going to put it on the back burner. So it's been sitting there dormant for about uh, six years. So it checked off all the boxes, great location, excellent exploration potential. And, you know, silver was 15 bucks an ounce. So when I talked to First Majestic, they're, they're just total pros over there. Todd Anthony was just terrific. They treat us like a, a peer and not like a pain in the neck junior. So I appreciate that on their side. And um, like I said, it checks all the boxes, great location. It's uh, 20 kilometers uh, away from First Majestic's La Perea Mill. You got La, La Colorado from Pan American just to the south and you got the animation video there on the web, on the web page I see. That's actually a new video we just put out here today, which kind of gives you a little background about La Jolla and what it's all about. But uh, ultimately Silvercrest, they had this project and they spent about 20 million bucks from 2010 to 2015 before they got taken out by First Majestic. And uh, within that time frame, they put together a resource of about 92 million ounces of silver equivalent. And that's a historic resource because it's from 2013. But there is a lot of expiration upside left on that project. And I, we just received the technical memos from Tetratech, our geologists who are helping us out with this. And we're going to have an update here in the next several weeks about the new exploration model, as well as our exploration targets. And I'm really excited. I think once we get going here, 
we're going to uh, awaken a, a sleeping giant of a deposit. So I'm just pumped to get going. Yeah, I could imagine, uh, especially at this particular time is interesting. And uh, Michael, a uh, question I had here for you. Can you talk? Oh, yeah, yes. About the drilling that you have planned and what the schedule looks like for that and uh, how that's looking. That will be updated in the market here shortly. Uh, we're just finalizing our drill targets. I've seen the first pass of our drill car locations. Right now we're focused on the community engagement. Um, as I said, First Majestic, this, this was kind of on the back burner for them. So there's been not much activity there for several years. So it was important for us to make sure we do a good job in the community engagement front uh, and just not show up and surprise everybody. So again, Mark Melfair, who, who's, who's, who's got that looked after for us has done a, just a great job and we take that very seriously. So we're, we're bringing that along and um, we'll have our updated expiration targets here shortly to discuss with the market. And I'm hoping to be drilling in the first half of this year. And then that's where you're gonna see, hopefully uh, a big change in our valuation. Yeah, and that'll be fun to follow. And I might add that the link to the Silver Dollar website is in the description field below. So go there and click that so you can read about it after we wrap up here. Uh, Michael, obviously another thing that shareholders love to know about is the share structure, what future dilution there might be. So would you be able to give us a walkthrough of that? Yeah, there's right now we have about 36 million shares outstanding, uh, 65 million market cap. Uh, what do we got for options here? 34, uh, 3.4 million. Yeah, it's options and it's about uh, six and a half million warrants, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, that are still out there. So fully diluted, we got about what 45 million shares outstanding. Okay. And as I said, we have no, we have no debt, and we're sitting on about 10 or 10 million Canadian. Yes, which is good. I saw that you are funded, which is always a nice position to be in. And perhaps the last question, and uh, you can feel free to throw in anything else that you think folks should be aware of, but. What are the key hurdles? What's going to decide if you get to the ultimate outcome you're hoping for? Is it just drilling and finding it? Or what, what, what do investors want to keep their eyes on going forward? We'll, we'll take whatever path is going to create the most value for our, our shareholders, whether that's by the drill bit and uh, upgrading and expanding the size of the historic resource and ultimately getting taken out by a bigger company or taking it right through to mine ourselves. I guess we'll, we'll find out this, after this first round of drilling, we will probably up, update the resource and then we'll see, we'll kind of regroup after this first round of drilling and just see, see which way we want to go. Well, that sounds good. And I appreciate you joining us here today before it happens. So uh, certainly folks who want to find out more information before that happens, if it's the right fit for them can do so. Uh, Michael, perhaps just in wrapping up, can you let folks know where they can find the website again and uh, how they can contact you guys to get more information and stay posted? Yeah, uh, www.silverdollarresources.com. Um, the landing page there, halfway down the page, I think you'll see a link for the corporate presentation, give you a nice summary of what we're trying to do. And at the very last page, you will find my direct line there. So if I've made you nervous with whatever I said on this interview. Give me 10 minutes of your time and I'm sure I will alleviate any of those concerns.
happy to talk to anybody at any time. Michael, keep keep in mind here in America, we're watching Pelosi, Trump, Mitch McConnell, and the gang duke it out. So your your breath of fresh air, comparatively speaking. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, nice finding out more about what you guys are doing. Uh, I've heard a lot of positive reviews and have been impressed with what I've found as well. So um, it's going to be fun to stay posted on what you're doing. Again, there is how you can reach Michael and Silver Dollar Resources. So Michael, thanks again for joining us. I hope you stay well out there and we'll look forward to following how things come together. Perfect. Thanks, Chris.